Oh, dude, I lose my guns in my cars all the time. They're like French fries at this point. <laughs> I have like six guns just lost under the car seat forever. Have you tried looking under the, the passenger seat? <laughs> no, you got to look under the mats, dude. That's where they get they get smushed under oh, the mat. Oh, shit. Yeah, they get all like pushed into the carpet. And stuff. Don't you hate it oh, when yeah. your, your spare car gun gets like wedged beneath the, the brake when you're trying to stop? Oh, I know. And, and <laughs> just, as they roll around, <laughs> as they roll around to the floor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I really want to hit the brakes, but I don't want to shoot myself. Yeah, I guess I'm just oh, going to hit the gas. car guys down there? Freebird starts blasting on your speakers. <laughs> this is how I go out. Welcome, everybody, to the Better Way to a podcast. We're here this week with... Uh, firing device electrical M57, uh, who is a very cool dude, a relatively new dad like the both of us. Um, times two. Times two. Yes, you're you're one Brand you're one baby. ahead of us, um, and who has uh, impeccable aesthetics and, uh, and yes and gun photography skills. Both uh, both both as a person and as a page. <laughs> there you go. He also you know, that's one of the like... things I was thinking about like yesterday when I went out to pizza and ice cream with my son is like I try not to like dress like a total slob like you know a hoodie and a t-shirt like I am right now but like with kids you like kind of have to oh yeah of, like there's yeah. so many shirts you're like well I'm, I know I'm gonna get pizza sauce and chocolate ice cream on me when I go out tonight so wear something that you can easily wash yeah. pizza sauce and chocolate ice cream off of or that if it gets stained it's like this is my stained shirt yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Which yeah. is which you, ironically now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a Dilf shirt that says it says Dilf <laughs> on it and underneath it says Damn I love frogs and then it has a bunch of like different frogs on it. And that's Is turned your into wife my stain like shirt. It when you wear that? She fucking hates that shirt, dude. But it went through the wash with pen, so it's got pen marks oh, all over it now. And I'm like, worst. You did this. You did this. And she's <laughs> like, No, I didn't. <laughs> I did she definitely didn't because I got pen all over like uh the baby's clothes and Carly's clothes and everything, so but that's my stain <laughs> shirt now. And I look at your shirt clothes. That, that means you get to wear it out with your son all the time when you get yeah. oh, your yes, daughter good when, call. You, when you get ice cream and pizza. Good call. I, I look at your shirt, and I used to think before I had a kid, like, man, people just walking around with stretched out neck collars I know. Collars all my on. neck lines are Well, now, now that I have a kid, I'm like, oh, it's because <laughs> yeah, they hang why. their fucking body weight on it. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about probably, yeah. Yeah. But it's the cutest thing ever. Also, like when she falls asleep in my arms and she her hands on my collar, I'm like, I'm not gonna move it at all. Like I'm just gonna sit here and revel in it. It's like being chosen. I just need a yeah. stack of shirts that I wear when he's like not like when I'm. I don't know. The, the, An independent the, wear man. on the wear on the house shirts that get all the stretch collars and then the uh, the other ones. Yeah. But I guess I am around you, the house and just change. hanging out with him. So I can imagine you yeah. having a single gray T-shirt in like an airtight box that when you open it, it's like fluorescently <laughs> yes. lit with steam coming this out of it. This is for the just, casual <laughs> business lunch. <laughs> it like comes out on a platform and it's like, this is the shirt you're going to wear by yourself. Treat going it well. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get one beer on a Friday with a coworker. Yeah, nobody goes back in the box. Me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um. 
Yeah. So, so, so the 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 timeline of our kids, um, because because we love to talk about we love to talk about being dads and, and kids. The better here. way to a dad podcast. Dad, pod. dad, well, this dad, is dad like this cast. is the whole point of this episode. Really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Really, we we so so Clay, Andrew, and and I have been in a group chat for I don't I don't know how long now and and uh, or why why it even started, but we uh, it started uh, up to schedule this podcast and it just turned into yeah, a dad chat yes yeah and then it just turned into the dad chat and uh we we were like we've gotten a bunch of feedback from people um who listen to the podcast that uh, we'll drop really... little nuggets you know we'll just yeah, pop little nuggets yeah. in there but like things that i wasn't expecting to hear back like you know hey when you talked about your kid stuff i really it really resonated with me and we were like we should do a, a kid episode like, where we just talk about our kids and like the the uh child care and and grow, kids growing up and what it's been like for us and that's here we are bing bing boom yeah there so clay was the first one to have a kid and if i remember right that was right at the beginning of the pandemic friday uh, the 13th march right. friday the 13th in march so march yeah. 13th 2020 is that his birthday friday the 13th so wild. yeah that's so, so cool. I, I was like if you've watched the walking dead it was kind of like the hospital there where you go into the hospital and everything's normal and then and then you're rick grimes waking up and the world's just totally <laughs> different and you're leaving the hospital like <laughs> everyone's running around screaming yeah exactly what was that like having a baby at the beginning of the pandemic when it was like because i mean i know for some people it's still some people are still scared and and cautious but like it was nobody knew anything back then and i think it was a little terrifying yeah, you couldn't even take so, precautions so because our Jack never, he he never breastfed. He drank breast milk, but he just like never got the concept of how, yeah, to, yeah. how to skip the whole pumping and bottling. Piece. You're not my son. Um, <laughs> no, no exclusive, <laughs> exclusive pumping is 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 pretty common. It's actually the the hardest uh, way to feed your kid. Uh, yeah, exclusive definitely. exclusive pumping. But, but it, he was like he still wasn't super reliable on that wheel at the hospital. So the first thing we did leaving the hospital with Jack in his car seat was try to get some like baby formula. So we at least had like, I don't know, enough for like a week or something like that. And it was like sold out of most of the pharmacies. So we drove to all these oh, other yeah. pharmacies around town and this is when COVID's taken off. And we, we get out of our car, at this one pharmacy and this guy just is like standing at the side of his car, just like coughing like crazy and spinning a phlegm. And this is like when coronavirus is popping off. You're like, what are you fucking <laughs> doing, dude? Like, <laughs> like, you're just going to stand here in this parking lot just like coughing publicly. It's like, at least he's outside. You know, he's not going to parents and their, and their infant are getting out of this car. Yeah. yeah. Just creating a cloud of filth. But we were, we like, I had my home gym, tons of ammo. We, we bought a deep freezer right away and got that thing stocked up. So we were like, yes. we were ready to like ride out the storm. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just needed some formula. And then we ended up not really doing that, too. So that was good. Yeah, we Our... bought a, a year's supply from this German. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's like, uh, oh, God, like bio something. And it was like it, it, it said Anfang, Anfang's Milch on it. What? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like German. It's like it's like milk for babies. M milk for Unfung's the Unfung's milch? Is that how you like say that. it? I don't know. I don't, I don't speak German. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. But it was like, it was so wild. And all the instructions were in German. So we had to like, like and then like metrics. So we had to like change things, you know, like do the conversions or whatever. But, you know, we ended up only needing to, to supplement because, you know, um, 
it, it, we had we struggled with with the the latch at first too um but you know eventually you know we did exclusive pumping for a while and then we you know we had to supplement with some formula but then he he got the the breastfeeding down um, so we had all this, we were just sitting on all this like formula that we had like imported because we couldn't get any here in the States. <laughs> That's wild. I didn't know, uh, I knew like, you know, the past, uh, maybe eight months or so, or whenever that, um, whenever the baby formula manufacturer shut down for those health concerns, I know there was a shortage, but I didn't know there was such a shortage at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was, it wasn't even a, it wasn't a production shortage. It was a run. Um, oh yeah. You know, where yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't on just the supply like- side. Yeah, just like the toilet paper, right? Yeah. That was the wildest thing for me because I've always been the kind of person to buy ahead with certain things. Oh, same. And like, I always have a stock of of toilet paper, paper towels, like batteries. We have baby wipes before we had baby wipes before we had a a kid, you know, because they're so useful. Yeah. Well, like, we have well water. So, like, in case you run out of water for a long period of time, you still want to clean yourself. And, like, baby wipe showers are like, Clay, you know what a baby wipe shower is like. And that's. They like, could be remarkably refreshing, absolutely. especially compared to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> My um, sister does uh, pole dancing, and she and all of her pole dancing friends call that a hoe bath. <laughs> I like that one way better. Not above that term. No, no, that's that's <laughs> definitely uh, that's that's a win. Yeah. Um, but that was like the one thing for us. We were like, because when they were saying the first, the initial two weeks to flatten the curve and all that fun stuff, um, I I remember being like. Uh, all right, well, we're going to make it so that you don't have to go out anywhere. And thankfully, we had enough food. We lived in the third story of a three-family apartment at that wow. time, so like our excess space was limited. We hmm. had uh, some storage in the eaves, like between the wall and the ceiling and the third floor, um, and that had always been kind of like packed with emergency supplies and, and you know non-perishables and stuff. So I was like, well, you know, if you have to go out, like or or if you don't want to go out, you know that we have plenty of food here. It's just it just you might not get a ton of variety. But, yeah, uh, we always had toilet paper, which was great. Um, and then when when the the rush kind of died down, uh, you know it was time to start buying more toilet paper. So it just worked out well for us there. But the real the- secret was, um, and this was totally my wife's credit, was contacting local restaurants that are expecting the decrease in supply. Yes, buying Ooh. out their excess food and yep. toilet paper, and you get a bunch of like, and we have the freezers that were like, oh, we'll buy all your meat or we'll buy and all your toilet paper and just holy shit, get it all. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, we didn't go directly to restaurants, but we went to uh, restaurant supply companies, um, and and it was the same thing there. They had excess because you know the restaurants had excess that they were trying to get rid of, so they weren't buying anything from the supply companies. So then the supply companies were like, hey, now we are del- home delivery grocery stores. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you could get really cheap, um, you know, like like Cisco products and stuff like that. Um, and some of them, one of them in town, actually, uh, uh, it was a, I think it was a seafood place. No, no, no. It was, it was a general, general sort of like restaurant supply. It actually completely pivoted um, near the beginning of the pandemic and now remains a uh, like a full service, um, uh, like grocery delivery service for, for individuals, not just uh, people buying wholesale. Which is nuts. That just like the the disruption uh, that 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 caused. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like everything's been built as a just in time economy. So it's um we have we do not have very robust systems these days because everything's been overly commoditized and doesn't have the resilience yeah. that it could otherwise have. 
That's the stuff that really blows my mind is, you know, especially with our, our food industry, um, mm -hmm. we, we essentially grow food to sell it. We don't grow food to store it, you know, because it's the demand is, is fairly equivalent to the supply and, and it's constantly like a revolving door. And that's why we get, uh, things, things from different parts of the country as the seasons change in different countries yep. as, as the seasons change. But like, we don't have much of anything if there was ever something that stopped the the supply of you know grain or corn or like um these 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 foods that we rely on and i, well, I think well, criti critically the 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 government maintains uh emergency uh um uh, like like supplies of those things and then anything else is like destroyed yeah, there is like, um, there, there's some storage for those, but like the amount of storage compared to like annual consumption is minuscule. Yeah. It's like I mean, yeah. one of the best it's examples like the oil is reserves. Like, exactly the you know yeah. they're like oh we released five percent of the oil reserve or whatever. And it's like okay, so one day's worth of consumption. Yeah, yeah. So, it, that's I mean, also it's, it's the the whole strategic oil reserve if, if full could provide the full consumption for the U.S. for like. A couple months max, I believe. Um, but the whole but the thing is, because everything else is set up to be so just in time, those small differences do have outsized effects because you're just making up for a small backlog or bump or whatever. Yeah. So it does, sure, it does, sure. even if it is, even if they are releasing, you know, a day's supply, it adds up in the whole, you know, international just in time system, if you will. But then you get this effect where it's like everybody, you know, everybody that participates in this economy is used to having things on demand. And then when yeah. it's not even when things run out, right? Because a lot of this stuff did not run out. There was just the fear that it would run out. And just yep, the suggestion exactly. yeah. that it might run out is so anxiety inducing for people because they know that if it does, there's nothing to fall back on. Yeah. yeah I, I think know, everyone very naturally understands that the system is super fragile these days. And that's why people are filling, yeah. you know, grocery store bags with gasoline when there was like that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I remember that. And I remember thinking I had like a flux of emotions where I, I initially thought like, God, that person's a fucking idiot. And then I thought, what drove this person to be so desperate to try something like this? And then you wonder, you know, do they have kids at home? Do they like, do they, are they trying to get to work because they're, yeah. you know, if they're late yeah. one more time because of, figuring out childcare, they're going to get fired. And then, you know, just trying to think of the shit that people are going through, you know, trying yeah. to have some perspective there. But yeah, things were, things were nuts and people were doing some, uh, some crazy stuff. I remember seeing somebody not in my town, but it was like a local Facebook group. Somebody went to the grocery store with a fish tank on their head. And oh, yeah. it was Jesus like, Christ. It, yeah. And just because people didn't know, you know, people were saying, wear N95 masks and then they were saying don't wear N95 masks and then they were saying well you, it started with bandanas I remember my wife going to the store wearing a bandana around her face looking like she was going to rob a train or something like that Yeah, and it, it was just yeah th things were all up in the air It's crazy, and, and you didn't know who to trust either because it was like you know you were getting such conflicting advice from even like official sources like the CDC and then because they uh, were still figuring it out yeah, they were still figuring it out. And then also, you know, come to find out that it's like, you know, they say like, oh, 
not everybody needs to wear an N95 mask. And then uh, later find out that they just said that because they didn't want to run on N95 masks that they needed yeah. for doctors. They just didn't want to say, hey, we need all the N95 masks for doctors. Exactly. You know, and so yep. you, you start getting this erosion of trust. And then especially as like a new parent, it's like all the chaos, the erosion of trust in like institutions. And not that not that we had a lot of trust in government already, but. Just not knowing where to just, turn. Just for never trust the government. It's really the takeaway. Is what you're trying yeah. To yeah. But, it's, but even it's with just... that, you know, I had a bunch of people and I myself was super conflicted because when you grow up, you know, not I mean, you literally there, there's you have you have a cornucopia of, of bullshit to choose from if you need examples of why you shouldn't trust the government. But now people are saying <laughs> you're you're an asshole for not trusting the government because the government's the one giving you the advice I want to do to be safe. And. I think it's natural for everyone to assume that there are probably ulterior motives like that, like saying you don't need to wear an N- N95 when you do, but they didn't want a run on it to to uh, wipe out the supply for yeah. doctors. Like, yeah, there's, there's always going to be stuff they don't like, tell the, us. And, the government yeah. is hiding things, but they, they also aren't like trying to kill you in, in No, because that's against their yeah. best interest. <laughs> yeah. exactly. They need you as tax cattle. They yeah. don't want you to die. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just, it was a really weird and uncertain time. And then to be adding on that being like a first time dad, it was just, it was so wild. And in, in isolation, relative isolation yeah. anyways, too, where it's like, you know, I, I, my, my, uh, older sister already has kids and they're out doing things and taking risks and getting exposed. And so like, I can't take my newborn baby to see my, my, my mom, his grandma, because you know, they're over there and, and- I, yeah. And I can't yeah, have that's... her over here to like help with the, you know, like everybody yeah. talks about like involved grandparents. Um, and my, my mom wanted to be involved, but like we couldn't, you know, we couldn't risk it because we didn't know like what, what the risk was. We were yeah. lucky that my mother-in-law was local and she basically was our primary childcare for the first year or so of Jack's life. Oh, um, that's so nice. But we, I mean, we did our best to visit family. Um, I think maybe like October we all got together. We're like we're like Christmas and, and Thanksgiving is probably not a good idea this year. So, so let's it's like yeah. we all like met up in October. Yeah, yeah. Like I know a safer my time to travel. Yeah, and my my sister in law, she's a critical care PA, so she was working the the COVID cabana as they called it a lot. Oh, um, so she was riding the waves for that in Hawaii. Um, Jeez, and... well, Hawaii was like one of the best states for a while though because yeah. they were so isolated. But, but you... But yeah, but it was part of like picking the waves. So she was like trying to visit us for Christmas one year. And she was like asking her boss, like, you think I'd be able to take Christmas off? And he was kind of like looking at the forward curve, right? Thinking where things were going to go. And he's like, if you want to take a bunch of days off to go visit your family in Florida, you should go this weekend. Um, so she yeah. like texted me being like, can you make it to the airport on Friday? And this was like, you know, probably like a Wednesday. I'm like, yep, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, That's we had so nice. a like a, a, a weird time as, as i'm sure some people did because i never stopped going to work i can't you know like as a first responder mm. and we i was the fire doesn't take a day off <laughs> the dragon never sleeps um, <laughs> the, the, the but, thin red line i love the thin red line it's like all these guys and their, and their black hats are standing 
between this like raging fire that's just on the edge of civilization that they're somehow stopping from getting to us dude it's so fucking corny <laughs> i hate all obviously i hate thin blue line but like i whenever i see a, a, somebody with a thin red line sticker on their car too i'm like you're just as big of a chode i, I hate it, it, it means hate something thin, different but i yeah. fucking hate it i hate thin blue line for like different reasons i hate thin red line because it's just a really silly analogy it's like, like, yeah. let, like watch it's me stroke like, myself like, yeah like nobody nobody's saying that like we shouldn't have firefighters or that we don't need firefighters but to be like we are the only ones that are stopping fire and also we effectively stop fire all the time always <laughs> i don't know if it even means that well i don't know because my first the first time i heard of the thin blue line was like I heard it uh, like a two-faceted thing. One was the the line that they walk between like danger and safety or whatever, and then the line of people that like they don't cross in order to like screw over a fellow cop. Yeah, yeah. And that like there's there I don't know. I think there's way more accountability in the fire service. Like if you're a shithead, we're going to fucking make sure you know you're a shithead because right, you're going to hurt sure. somebody or get or get us hurt or or hurt hurt yourself and well because you're and in a also, far more dangerous profession than policing which is one of the yeah, safest professions sure. <laughs> being a pizza delivery driver is actually more dangerous than being a cop the the thin cheesy line the thin cheesy pepperoni line stuff also crust. i'm gonna i'm gonna come out and say that probably well i was gonna say a corrupt firefighter could do less damage than a corrupt cop but maybe that's not true if they're I think like it depends selling on what your game was equipment like you know, like like the uh, like selling selling equipment like a Russian soldier, just like uh, you know, <laughs> like hey kid, you want a Halligan tool? <laughs> and then somebody goes to it's just it's like in the you know shows up on the on the scene and tries to like get their shit from the fucking fire truck or whatever. I don't know how it works. I'm not a firefighter. And they're like, hey, where's all my stuff? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Speaking of which, we took uh, we took. Uh, my my little girl to the firehouse for the first time the other day and Ooh. did all the did did the rounds that are um, super cute. I did not. There's a big thing in the fire service, mostly volunteers, um, because they look for any excuse to look cool. But um, where people will take their baby and they'll put them in their helmet and take a picture, and huh. I I would say the majority of career guys, and this isn't tooting my own horn, like I'm a career guy. It's just like. Uh, after after you've done something for a while, like the the luster of like feeling like you need to prove to everybody else kind of wears off. Um, oh, I, I think. Oh, did you lose us again? Yeah, I wrote it in the chat. Um, oh, I thought about saying oh, something, man. but you guys were conversing back and forth, and I was going to make some Snyder jo- Snyder mark about how I'm just <laughs> probably missing a bunch of bad jokes. Oh uh, no. <laughs> But yeah, I have no idea what you guys said for the last few minutes. Um, but I think I, I think I know the fix to this problem we keep having. So, what was, what is it? What is it? Well, I changed my speakers from headset to headphones to headset, and it worked again. All right. Hey. So if it happens again, I'll try that right away. Okay. <clears throat> um, but that was cool. That was that was uh first time I got. They say they you took his daughter to the fire station for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. But didn't nice. put her. We we took pictures. Like I I sat with her on the the bumper of the the rig and and she uh, was you lay her on the hose hose. No bed. no 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 absolutely not. Like so we were just talking about how how like some I feel like that's firefighters. The classic. It is, but it's but there's I'm gonna tell you why it's you shouldn't do that. Um, there's the classic go to of like putting the newborn in the fire helmet. 
Um, uh-huh. But it's kind of frowned upon now because of how much we know about cancer and how many oh. carcinogens latch onto our gear. So yeah. taking a picture of your baby who's like fresh to the world and has zero immune system. Just uh, slathering like them slap, with cancer chemicals. Slapping them into a fucking helmet that's been in like melting plastic smoke. Um, it's probably not the smartest, especially because most firefighters don't clean their helmets because they want them to look dirty because it's like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so you're I saying did not I do sh- that. So so are you also frowning on my new board photos where we put them in a lead chair and put on a, like a mercury bat beaver pelt out on them? <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> Flake it on some paint chips. Um, <laughs> it's so sweet. Look at them just to be sure. That's awesome. Um, how, uh, Clay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just because we, I feel like we could bullshit forever uh, yes. about this stuff, and this podcast is about you and and us, you know, as talking about as dads. But you're our guest, and and uh, I, as much as I love you, continuing to pick up your MP5, just like flaunting it in front of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you have? any idea of yourself before you had a kid and did it change after? Um, I mean, I don't know if it, I mean, I feel like I was pretty, pretty well knew who I was. I think having a kid in many ways makes you want to, well, you know, this, I, I, let let me take this back. I think, I think some people have kids and feel like now their life is over and everything they have to do is taking care of that kid. I very strongly think that view is wrong. And I think that when you have a kid, it's that much more important for you to be very sure of who you are and have your life and your friends and your network so that you can be that role model for your kid. So like, I feel like I worked out pretty regularly before having a kid, but after having a kid, I mean, obviously there's some, like, there's some, you know, sometimes you have a month where you don't, right. Or, or you're not as good about, or a week or, or obviously right after my kid was born, I probably didn't have the, as good of a workout compliance as I usually do. But overall, I'd say after having a kid, I'm even better about working out regularly. Because, you know, you don't want to be the dad who, when you're flying your kid around like an airplane and they want to keep going and you just like can't anymore. (laughs) Plus, I want to like live a long time so I could have a lot of life with my kid and then, you know, hopefully in the future, his kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, when I was, when I was 20 and my dad was 50, I took him ice climbing with me and, you know, he was strong enough as a 50 50 year old man to go ice climbing with me. And when he was 55, you went caribou hunting with me on the north of the Arctic Circle in Alaska because wow. you know, he was in shape and could do that. And, you know, I don't want to be the dad who, like, can't do that with their son. When your kid ultimately wants to take yeah. you caribou hunting. Exactly. I mean, I hope so. Hopefully he does. <laughs> um, no, no I, I feel the same way because um, I actually – I'm in a situation now where my, my dad um, – uh, if you're listening to this dad, uh, I say this with love – uh, my dad's body is falling apart uh, from neglect. And, um, you know, he's in a lot of pain. He's got arthritis. He doesn't move around a lot. Uh, he recently got into a face-melting car accident and almost died. And um, What? 
you know, that his, his physical condition, um, uh, complicated recovery from that. They had to like, you know, rebuild his leg and he's, he's like mostly in like a wheelchair now. Well, I wouldn't say mostly, but, but he's, he, he hangs out in a wheelchair at home and, you know, he doesn't travel because it's like uncomfortable to like sit on a plane or in a car or on a train. Um, he doesn't like to walk around too long. He gets tired. Um, and he's in his like, he's in his like late sixties. Uh, and I don't want, like, I was like, I don't want to end up that way. And this was before I had, this was a few years before I had kids. And then I went into the gym for the first time in like 20 years. I was like, I need to, you know, be physically fit because, you know, I'm going to have a kid eventually. And like, I definitely do not want to end up in a situation where like, I can't do things because I'm like physically incapable. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, which goes back to how you and I started talking a lot on Instagram. Um, That's true. The three D's. Uh, we started. <laughs> Dip, we started. Duck, ta- we, started we started. We we started talking at one point, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I always give my offer or something about like you know, uh, dogs, dads, and deadlifts." Yep. And Andrew, that's right. And Andrew's, <laughs> immediate, Andrew's immediate response was, "I never considered myself a triple threat before." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's right, man. I remember that. That was when I, I felt so blessed when I got invited to when when I got to, I got to see the little green circle on your uh, on your 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 friend yes. your close friends stories. I've been slowly building out the the people for the close friends story that sometimes get some of the behind the scenes content. I love man. it, man. It's and really your dog it's, or your kid. The, the secret is is dogs dogs dad's deadlift. <laughs> That's it. Man. That's the sauce. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's, it's funny you said that. It's not funny, but, you know, everything <laughs> is it's not funny, haha. It's not funny, funny haha. Funny, like, boo hoo. Um, it, you know, you, you have to reprioritize when you have a kid a little bit. And even if you're doing something that you continue to do after, you know, if, if you're doing it before you had the kid and you continue to do it after you had the kid, it almost serves a different purpose. Like, you work out before you have a kid to be healthy, obviously. But, Afterwards, it's like you, at least for me, not so much with working out, but with like mental health for me has, has turned, has always been important for me, but it's been like a very pinpointed, um, intent, intentional, uh, improvement that I've, that I've been trying to work on now because I think, so for a while, like one of my biggest reasons for not wanting a kid was because, uh, and like you, you guys will probably end up talking to my wife at one point in our life. Um, it was a huge point of contention for us for a while because I wasn't sure if I wanted one. And my biggest uh, excuse for not wanting one was I didn't want to push like the trauma that I experienced onto somebody else. And I had a good childhood. Like that's it was just objectively speaking, like divorced parents, alcoholic mother, but like nobody beat me. Nobody like I, I was I was never sexually assaulted or anything like that. But um there were like traumatic moments as a kid that I, that definitely shaped me into who I am now and that have like turned into the way I process emotions and the way I handle problems and things like that. And I was like, I really don't want to push that onto a kid. Um, but before I had that thought like, Oh, okay, we're doing this. We're going to have a kid. I was already in therapy. I was doing all that stuff and, um, felt like it was, it was useful. But now that she's here, 
uh, it's like, okay, now I really have to be intentional about this. I have <laughs> yeah, you to gotta make fix sure. Your, fix your trauma. I got to so fix don't, my uh, shit. Reinflict it. Yeah. And I, and I catch yeah. myself doing things now that, um, that I'm trying to improve on that, uh, I used to always catch myself, but didn't feel guilty about. Uh, yeah. yeah. And like now I feel guilty because I'm like, she's going to eventually acknowledge this. She's going to see that I did this and acknowledge it and be like, that's my dad. And I'm like, fuck like that. I don't ever want to like one, one silly thing that is, that is a thing that I think can spiral into a larger thing is like, I sometimes lose my shit on my dogs. Like not mm. physically. I never beat my dogs. I love no, my dogs. No, but this being but, disrespectful and yelling and Oh, I'm super know. disrespectful to that. Dis- <laughs> <laughs> then you can't shut the fuck up. It's Oh, uh, I love my dogs, but like I will like if I'm in a bad mood, I take the dogs out and one doesn't go to the bathroom and then the second we come back in and she pisses on the carpet. I'm like, there's a, if there's a door around me, it's getting slammed. And like, that's how it used to be. And I'd be like, I'd say, I talked to her like she was a person. I'd be like, Bindi, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, Yo, why, why are you like, why this? are you like this? And I realize, you know, and it makes me sound like a super immature asshole and I'm working on it. I try, <laughs> I'm working on it. Okay. Yeah. But, I, but it's in the context of things that you know, or you, yes, you, you I know, know there's wrong, a problem. To fix. Um, and so, like, perfect example, Carly and I were playing a relationship game last night. It's it's called, uh, it's like, how well do you know you, or like, do I really, it's it's a really fun game to play if you're like a couple, or they also have a friend's version, and one of them was like, imitate your partner. And she put on my hat and put on my jacket, and she's like, where's my wallet? Where I, I have no idea where my wallet is. Honey, have you seen my wallet? And she's like, why do I keep doing this? Why don't I just put the wallet where I am? Like, she gets all self-deprecating oh, no. on me. And I'm like, she's like, why do I keep doing this to myself? And I'm like, oh, my God, stupid. this is too accurate. Stop. Like, <laughs> like stuff like that. I just that. always put mine in the better. same spot. Like, uh, there's a tray. Yeah, yeah that would make sense. Have to. Have that would make sense. I'm so fixed on that that if I put it in the wrong pocket of my pants, I will probably, I'd probably no, look. Same. I probably look top to bottom of the house looking for it before I check the other pocket. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's if it's, funny. It, there's like a, I I don't have just one place, but I've got like a handful of places. It's like these are the places where wallet goes. These are the places where phone goes. And if it's out of I place, sh- it's a real problem. It's gone. I just have I I think these routines just help though, or they help me. Like when I travel for work, I always put my hotel room key in my back left pocket, and then I know where it is. <laughs> And I can check before yeah. I leave the room, oh, yeah. like where it is. Yeah, stuff like that little, definitely helps. I leave the sleeve on it that says what room number it is, so I don't have to remember. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think it's, I, what I was getting at is it is it's you work out now because you want to live a long life to spend with your kid, and same thing. I want to make sure that I'm as healthy as possible mentally. For, which I'll get to the working out eventually. You know that'll happen, but uh, probably best when Andrew shames best me. Best day to start is is today. That yes, I one hundred percent agree with you. It makes total sense in my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to start with the mental health. I'm going to get ripped mentally, and uh, <laughs> absolutely fucking absolutely fucking your head. shredded mentally. <laughs> and uh, and then I'll start lifting stuff. I work out at work. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to spoil this for lot. you, Jordan. Um, and you may already know this on some level, but uh, getting fit physically will also help you get fit mentally. Uh, the two things oh, yeah. uh, play into each other. You don't need to do one than the other. Yeah, it's I true. I always it's feel true. better when I work out. I gotta work out. One hundred percent. I feel so. I I've been sick for like two weeks, 
uh, and I'm like just starting to get better. <clears throat> and I'm going back to the gym on Tuesday, uh, meeting with my trainer, and that's going to be my first time back in the gym uh, in like two or three weeks. And I feel so like soft and weak. Um, <laughs> and like I think you know, it's like I've gained, I've like gained, I've. It's weird. It's like you lose weight and you gain weight, right? It's like you know. Um, your like muscles shrink and then your like belly gets bigger and it's just like, like, Oh, I feel, I just like, don't feel like myself right now. Um, I, I sold then, my whole, Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying like the effect that that has just like, it's probably not like really that bad, but you know, just not, not working out in so long has, has like a real effect on, on my like mental state. I sold my home gym when I moved. Um, and I'm, I'll build it back once I kind of refinish the basement here. Um, but the second I sold it, I just like, well, I guess I have to run now. And I like basically had <laughs> seriously run since leaving the army. So I was running like hundred, hundred miles a month for a couple months. Um, yeah. Just, just really low, low intensity, high volume running. And now, now I'm just probably doing like 60 to 80 miles a month, but just at, at faster paces. So yeah, it's been an interesting like... change, but it's been kind of nice. I definitely think there's a benefit to um, counting the amount of miles you run in a monthly setting rather than each individual time. It makes it makes like you said a hundred miles a month. I was like, this guy is a super marathon runner. Like without thinking of the numbers. No, I know, I know, but it's like <laughs> I immediately thought I'm gonna start counting the amount of miles that I run in an annual basis, and I'm just gonna tell people that and I'm gonna say I ran 300 and something no. miles. I'm not gonna tell them wow, how long. That's such a big number. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them over what span. Yeah. Um, or how long it took you to run. The, yeah. <laughs> those miles. I'm currently running right now. I'm just taking a small break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh yeah. So you would, you would say that like your commitments have, have changed a little bit since having a kid. Yeah. So I really step like... up on the curls. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're curling babies now. I know, right? I'll do. Uh, I'll legit like. I'll do um, uh, squats and swings with my son. I'll, uh, you know, like instead of a kettlebell swing, I'll do. I'll, I'll get him uh, under the armpits and I'll just swing him uh, like I was doing a kettlebell swing. And I'll just do like you know. I'll do like twenty at a time. Um, That's smart. I really you know, want to get like a baby backpack and just go running or rucking with yeah. baby. Oh, dude! But I think that'd be violent. Running, running with the baby? No, right, no, yeah, no. maybe, maybe not running, maybe just racking. But no, you could, you could run with them. Um, you just, you know, like, be, like, focus on your posture when you do it. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I've not done the hiking. Baby's chin smacking into the back. Of your head. <laughs> <laughs> My no, posture I, is great. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> I've done, that. I've done hiking with with them on my back. I've got pictures I can show you guys. Uh, of the this uh, it's like Dieter Duder or something is the mm-hmm. name of the company. They make a really nice uh, backpack uh, that that works up to you know for like up to like toddlers. Um, yeah. And well, so, so very... there, there's a Thule one that's really good backpack too. I checked it out at the local REI. Um, Sick. But the issue is they I think they cap out at like forty or forty five. And my first son is. I mean, he'll he'll be there soon and uh Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. it's like I didn't want to. And my my other son, he doesn't have the neck control yet. So I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to get yeah. one. I didn't want to get one for my first son and then have him be like, "You can't use this anymore." Now it's this guy's. 
and have That's him feel trouble. like he was like robbed from him. So yeah. I'm like procrastinating, yeah, so I'm not gonna. So my first is just never gonna ride a baby backpack, but then I'd never have to take it away from him. Um, yeah. And then the the second time. We'll get the baby backpack, I guess. Well, and you could always do that in, like, short stints where, you know, like, if you guys are hiking together, you put them on your shoulders or something. I feel like that's the same experience, and he's going to remember that kind of stuff forever, even if he's not in a backpack, you know? Yeah. Oh, I think they lost us Yeah. You got a wiggly boy like mine, though. I fixed it, though. My my fix did work. Awesome. It, it was saying you could just put them on your shoulders, and I was saying that if you got a w- little wiggle butt like mine, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're hiking, Is that's it not tough? safe. I, I can't. I've, done, all right. I, I've run short distances with my son on my shoulders and whatnot, but I mean, it's like I'll, I'll come ideal. back from a run and he'll be like, "Let's go run." I'm like, "I was sweaty." I'm like, "Okay, fine. Get my shoulders. And we'll run around the block one more time or something." Yeah, yeah, oh, that's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, and he's mine's getting to the age where he can start like actually hoofing it himself on a on a hike. Uh, he doesn't necessarily need to be. Strapped to my back, um, you, just you know. Trip on a lot of things. That's the thing you have to be I know. <laughs> the the big it's the big don't... change for me was so I um. We probably haven't really gone in a couple months. The baby was born, um, but pretty regularly on like a Saturday or Sunday, I'll take my son into town. Like there's a really nice downtown where I am, like a mile and a half from me, and we'll go to the the brewery that also is a pizza place. And we'll he'll get apple juice, I'll get a beer. We'll get pizzas, and eat pizzas, awesome. and then we'll go to the ice cream store. Um, and then we did that yesterday, but we went to the ice cream store first because he just really, really wanted to get ice cream. And, you know, why not? And so, and then we got pizza and beer afterwards, or apple juice. Um, and the the real thing that blew my mind was he was tall enough to be able to look into, like, the ice cream area. I'd always had oh, to pick him man. up for him to see the different flavors. And he was Natural just tall enough to be able to peer yeah. over the edge. That's adorable. <laughs> He's getting big. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, big boy life. I know. He's tall. I mean, he's, I mean, yeah. he's pretty... He's definitely, like, he's in the 90th percentile for, like, height and weight, so yep. he's going to be a yep. big kid. Ours uh, wasn't even on the charts until, like, I want to say, like, six months ago, <laughs> something like that. Like, small? Maybe. No, like like big, like he was. Oh. The, the, so so if he's if he's like, if he's like a certain percent over the average, they just stop at ninety nine percentile. Mm-hmm. So he's like he's like in the the heavy. My son was in like the heaviest like one percent of kids, f- like you know for most of his life, until very recently. Now he's down to like ninety seven percentile. Wow. Well, so uh, those those charts they they just haven't updated them in decades yeah, because they want sure. to be able to compare them to past, and people are always getting bigger. So someday yeah. they'll probably have to either extend them or redo them. But the yeah. whole idea was like they want to, like the whole ninetieth percentile, like really they're like ninetieth percentile compared to like a kid in like the fifties. <laughs> not yeah, they're not really ninetieth percentile <laughs> now. Like more than more than ten percent of kids are in the ninetieth. The ninetieth percentile, right? <laughs> oh, there you go. So that's that's good. Oh, that's well, good yeah. Because your kid is like not. I mean, I've seen your kid, and your kid looks normal. Like he's like normal height, normal weight. Looks like I've seen some babies, and not like toddlers Dude. that are walking around. I've seen some babies that are tubby babies. But then again, like yeah. it's not you anyone's talk, you fault. About- it's just uh, both. Sorry, do we need actually, to we can bleep those names out? I don't remember. Yeah, we'll take we'll take out the names, but both like both your kids look like normal, normally well, sized kids. And Clay, you may know. I mean, you you may have also experienced this, but uh, weight comes from being super fucking jacked. 
Um, I don't know where he gets this muscle <laughs> definition from, but he's just like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's like, he's like an Olympian little baby. Um, so That's he awesome. like looks, he looks like a, like a normal, he's a little bit, he's a little bit tall, uh, for, for his age for sure. But it's like, you see him like with his shirt off, like pulling himself up on something and you see like, <laughs> like, like, like rippling muscles. It's like, <laughs> like where did you get that? Are you too? <laughs> <laughs> Way to make me feel like shit, dude. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Show off. That's so I think awesome. I think when you have like active kids, they just get strong, you know. And that that yeah. was one of the things that that I wanted for him was to, was to not be a shut in, you know, not not just be like you know watching watching TV for his whole life, you know. Get you know get outside. I'm kind of a nerd, you know, so my predilection is to to stay inside and, and be quiet and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I had to, yeah. I had to like really try to be like, you know, okay, let's go, let's walk around, let's climb on things, and and um, I think it's paid off. You know, he's a, he's a pretty, pretty active, strong kid now, and he's like uh, becoming a real handful. Uh, might might come back and bite me in the ass one day, but you it'll know, be, you know, I think your net, you'll, it'll be a net win though. Yeah, like overall. Well, if, if, if you make him like going outside, then he'll keep you going outside. And yeah, I suppose so. That's uh, we went out to lunch with uh, with the little girl for I, I think we might we did it twice before, um, but when she was still small enough to like where we'd have to keep her in the car seat. And yeah. yesterday was the first time where Carly could take her out and put her on her lap, and uh, got some super cute pictures. Looks like she's picking out something on the menu, but. Um, I get, I still get nervous when bringing her out because of like, she's been a very happy baby. Oh, like I'll say that she's been so far knock on wood. She's been a very easy baby. Um, but I still have the anxiety of like being those parents that have a screaming kid around other people. I've always had that anxiety. Um, and I, I don't want, and I'm getting better at it. I don't want her to ever feel like she's a burden. Yeah. Um, because she's not. And if, she, if she's upset, it's not her fault. Like, it's it's something that we're going to deal with. But, you know, I would deal with away from people kind of thing. But I also don't want to, like, grab her by her arm and be like, okay, come yeah. call me. My my embarrassment <laughs> is too high to assess the situation. Yeah. So, so part of it is, like, you know, if you want your kid to be able to go out, you got to take them out so they learn yeah. to go out. Um, and you get better at it. You get to, like, kind of read it. Like, you know, oftentimes. You the yeah. other thing too is like you know ask for that check a little earlier than you would otherwise. Yeah. It's always like it's towards the end. You see they're starting to get antsy and they're like they're, yeah, they're losing interest. It's great. And you're just like you know like all right, can I like like I need to get I need to get a box, pack this food up, and get paid so we can go you know on to yeah. the next thing. Yeah. It's not the you... attention span that we do is which is fine. They're kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, get yeah, like absolutely. uncomfortable being I... being still too long. But... Yeah. I was gonna say too that like you know sh- sort of you need to you need to kind of like shed that uh, that uh, you know mortification that like your ch- child might make. A scene. <laughs> I know because that's that's the root of a lot of really um, uh, uh, abusive and repressive uh, tendencies that 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 previous generations would sort of like force on us. Um, the like you know children should be seen and not heard kind of thing. I'm not saying yeah. that that's you. I'm saying that like that no, that's where I know. that, I know that eventually comes from. And my, my kid likes to. He's he's pretty open with strangers. Like he, yeah. uh, we, we went we went to this pumpkin patch place nearby that has all these things, and he rode in this barrel train, and he saw like some goats and chickens, and then he went, and we were like, oh, there's a pony ride. And we're like, Jack, you want to ride the pony? And obviously he did. So the, the second he gets to the pony, he turns to the person who's handling it, and he's like, 
like I saw goats, I saw chickens, I rode on the train. Like you know, like immediately <laughs> just tells her all of it. Yeah. And we when we were getting pizza yesterday, there was this baby in a high chair, and he's like, Oh, a little baby. Um, he's like, Do you know what its name is? And I'm like, No. Like, Do you wanna <laughs> go ask it? And he's like, Okay. So like, you know, like I don't know. Like I, I try to think of it from my point of view. If, if a little kid toddler came to me at a restaurant and, and started talking to my baby, like I wouldn't mind. No. Um, right. Yeah. But he wa- so he walks over. I try to ask the kids the baby's name, but instead he just turns to the adults and he's like, "I have pizza." <laughs> but he eventually like he eventually asked the baby its name and talked to the baby for a bit, and we went back to our booth and finished eating our pizza. Yeah. Was the baby like I'm new around here? What's yours? <laughs> exactly right. That's awesome. I think yeah. I think if you're worried that gonna sorry God bleep it out. That's okay. We'll bleep if you're it out. Wor- if you're worried that your daughter is going to get upset and like cause a problem for other people, I I think maybe just like reframe it in your mind so that you're more worried about um you know what's making her upset and and how to address that than you are about like you know what people are gonna think of you um because you're because your kid's upset. Yeah, and that's that's the way that I I've begun to do it more more so because. I think just being comfortable with your own baby makes you more comfortable with doing things with them because you start to realize like, okay, she just got up from a nap. So we've got like a few hours to where she's going to be like, we're going to have to feed her soon. And then after that, she's got like a few hours before she's going to be cranky and wants to go to sleep again. And those few hours based on experience are thankfully in our, 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 you know, example, um, fairly predictable. Aside from like you know if she shits herself and doesn't like that because nobody does, but <laughs> like then you take care of it and and you still have the same amount of time. It's like a couple hours and you can do whatever you want in those couple hours. And that's something that that I'm getting more comfortable with, um, because I also you know I remember my parents telling me like you were such a good kid growing up. Like you never oh, screamed, yeah. you never cried, and. Which, like, which wow, is like, cr- they think it's like a compliment, but then it gives you this complex where it's now like, I'm like, my kid, what if my kid isn't like that? What if my, what my kid's not going to yeah. be a good kid if he, if, if, if she doesn't like being outside? Well, like, right. Going, so like spoiler alert, like which kids, I would never tell her, but no, but, but like just, just like if kids are like easily upset, that doesn't make them not good kids. No. And, and that, that metric by which like goodness of children is judged is, you know, e- even when when people think they're giving you a compliment, it's it's so backhanded. I've, dude, I've like <laughs> talking about paying attention to the things you say and do. Like one of the things that I've stopped saying and I've been really intentional about it is like when uh, picking her up from daycare, um, and they're like, "Oh, she had such a good day today," or something like that. Instead of being like, "Oh, you were good today," being like, "Oh, we had a good day, yeah," like you know, yeah, like it wasn't yeah, she wasn't yeah. good. She had a good day, and yeah. like her having a bad day doesn't mean she was bad. And yeah, like I've, I've, you know, just trying, and I think they're, they're professionals, dude. This daycare is like amazing. Um, I think they know that kind of stuff and that's why they say she had a good day today. Not like, oh, we were upset all day or something like that yeah, or, or yeah. like negative things. And like when she doesn't have, when she has a little bit of a rougher day, they're like, oh, I think, I think we had, uh, we were a little off today, but that's okay. And, and they say things like that. And I think, um, like you, you send me a lot of this like soft parenting stuff. Oh yeah, and I I love it. Like it's not something I ever. It's funny because before you have a kid, you're like, especially growing up the way I did and like being in the military and stuff. You're like, I'm gonna turn this kid into a fucking tank. Like this kid's gonna be fucking yeah. wielding wrenches by the time she's three years old, and she's gonna know how to shoot and and provide covering fire and all that stuff. And I I'm just like now I'm like well 
when she makes a mistake, I'm going to make sure to tell her that everything's okay. (laughs) And like, and and I'm going to make sure she knows that, that we can, we can fix this and that's, that it's okay. And it's it's just funny how you're with that, like armed with that, that knowledge and, and, and like making like resilient children that don't like break down every time something goes wrong, then, then eventually they will be a tank. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, suppressing fire uh with our children um clay <laughs> crew served weapons absolutely better for kids than individual firearms but anyway sure. um how do you plan on teaching your kids about guns um that's a good question i think the way i view it is um you know, the the way I've tenderly have it planned is is at what I think they're ready is to introduce some like nerf guns in the house and then talk about some of the rules of like firearm safety and whatnot. And oh, then yeah. also use that as an as a reasoning to like explain like kind of consent to like look, we treat these guns the nerf guns as guns unless someone says, Okay, I will I I consent to playing nerf with you. And then in which case go right. blast each other all you want. And then they say, I don't want to play Nerf anymore. You don't shoot them. So it's like, you're huh. never shooting Nerf guns at the dogs because they can't say, like, yes. You know, like, things like that. That's really That's, important. Oh, yeah. like, we'll make, yeah. we'll, we'll get targets and you can shoot targets all you want. But don't, you know, you're not shooting your mom unless mom says, hey, we could play Nerf and you could shoot me. And then when she says, we're not playing anymore, you stop. So I think that kind of would be one of the big steps to be able to kind of gauge maturity and whatnot um, before yeah. any kind That's of. A- Working that's with amazing. real firearms. I think that's super. That's actually yeah, that's I've, I've never heard that, uh, like that distinction before because I've always, I've always wondered what parents did with Nerf guns because the whole. Well, reason I, you I get just a thought of that gun, myself. I know it's done no, that to I, me. <laughs> I like it. I I really like that, and I and I, I well, think my, it's a really cool way to do it because yeah. I always thought that you get Nerf guns so you can shoot people with them, but teaching a kid that. Like, I think just having targets is like, okay, well, what's the point of a Nerf gun? But then, like, I think the consent thing is super important because if you have – it's like playing paintball, something that adults exactly, do. That exactly. That hurts. Yeah. Like, you know, and if you have a friend who's like, yeah, sure, we could shoot each other with Nerf guns, then, yeah, have at it. But otherwise, you have targets, and, and then you can treat you, – you can teach firearm safety and things like that. Yeah, like, if the dog walks behind the targets, you better not shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that that's my kind of thought process. Uh, to be fair, I need to be better about securing all the guns in this house. Um, not that I think he's got the strength to, you know, load and make ready one of these firearms. Um, but I, you know, it's still an important thing to do. So as I oh, yeah, refinish yeah. the basement, I need to get better about that. My wife saw me sometimes when she walks down here, and there's like, literal just piles of guns. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a big one for me. Um, you know, getting finally getting, uh, you know, like a good a good gun. Oh Jesus. man, that is Jesus! Nice. Holy shit! For those of you not listening, he just panned his camera to the right, and it's just it's I don't even know what the, how many rifles that was just it was beautiful up against the table. It was beautiful. It was awesome. But you know, you could also treat your um your your basement as a like a safe room, right? You know, like yeah. lock the door behind. But, you but I do need down. to be careful because he likes to spend time down here. Sometimes he calls it the castle. Okay, yeah. He'll be like. The castle. I want to go play oh, in the castle. Cute. And a lot of times I just put him over the chair and he'll watch YouTube or something like that. But sometimes he'll go hide in the bottom of the gun crate. 
and <laughs> close the doors. <laughs> um, like the cabinet. Um, all sorts. Yeah. But there's just like, uh, it's got to be a little bit better because at a certain point, you know, the fact that there's like a box cutter on the table here, eventually he'll know how to get the blade out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So needs to be a little bit yeah. more kid-proofed. Yeah, so I, I just got a you know a stack on security cabinet and I keep my guns in there. Um, we just got um, you know for for we got an actual like safe safe uh, for you know like the firearms we want ready uh, for home defense. I'm not gonna tell you guys where that is, um, <laughs> but you know uh, so just like having a plan for like where to keep guns, where to keep guns we're not using, where to keep guns we're actively using, mm-hmm. um, you know stuff like that was a big deal. And I think that's I, a good dis- sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say I think that's a good distinction to make because I think most like anti-gun people have the unrealistic expectation that people are going to just lock up all their firearms all the time and keep ammo separate all the time. But and I'm not saying what you should do because the state laws vary. But well, I state think, laws vary, but also your personal situation varies and and exactly. everyone's risk model is different and Exactly. And I, and I'm not going to say I mean you know how we feel about gun laws, but um, not that you shouldn't follow every single one to the T all the time um, for legal reasons, yeah. but there are certain situations that the law cannot predict. And like you said, you don't know everybody's personal problems in life and, and, and you know, their situation. And for somebody to say that uh, it's wrong of you to have a gun that's ready to use in a home defense situation uh, that I, I don't think they take that into consideration. So, yeah, I, like for me sure. personally, my baby's not old enough; can't walk around, can't grab stuff. Um, yeah, so you got You got so a second, I, and I, yeah, I used and to, I, and I keep my gun where I used to before I had a kid. Right? Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I, I did that for a while too. Yeah, but but it just you know once he started being able to like climb on stuff and reach for stuff, like I used to, if I had my gun in my if I if I carried my fanny pack with my gun, sometimes I would just hang up the fanny pack where I hang the keys, and it was never an issue. But you know, it, I was you know. It will you know, be eventually. I talked to my wife about it. Yeah, it will be eventually. And so, you know, the, the fanny pack with the gun in it goes in the – in basically, you know, if I'm not carrying the gun, uh, it goes in a specific safe that's for, you know, quick access. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times it's just better – it makes more sense for me to just sort of like as soon as I get home from work, take off the gun and put it in the safe and then and then go hang out with my kid. Yeah. Um, especially as we start like, rough, you know, like we'll like rough house and roll around and yeah, absolutely. You know, just don't want to in a well, practical sense. Yeah. Just don't want to risk that. Uh, Carly asked me that question yesterday because I had, I had her on my, uh, not Carly. I had the baby on my lap. Um, and, uh, I was, she was sitting on my lap and she's like, are you carrying your gun right now? Cause I carry appendix. And I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's, she's, she's no, I've, I've, like I feel bad flagging my dogs, dude. Like as as I should, you know. Like if I'm carrying appendix and I and I pick my dog up and my dog or I'm sitting down and my dog jumps on my lap, I'm like, you got to move. I'm so sorry. Like this, yeah. I just I know nothing's gonna happen because it's holstered and the the trigger's covered. But like it still just makes me feel wrong. So yeah. Um, but because I carry everywhere, you know, she was like, "Do you have your gun on you?" And I was like, "No, don't worry. That's that's gone." But um. Do you have a what do you use, Andrew, for or, or even Clay, uh, if you're if for both of your situations? Like, what do you use for where you keep your gun, uh, so that it's ready? Um, I just 
I still have one in the nightstand just for that no one judgments. in the chamber. Um, yeah. So that it's more, slightly more child safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you said not one in the chamber? Exactly. Yeah, right. Okay. So you have to rack it. Which is not, I mean, you know, it's like cruiser safe shotguns. You know, it's not, uh, it's not out of the question. I, I wouldn't carry, I wouldn't carry a gun on me with, uh, without one in the chamber, but it, yeah, I think it does likewise. make sense in that situation. But like in the, yeah, he's not in the home, I think it. it's the, it's a reasonable mitigate at, I don't think you rack a slide yet, but that is going to change probably really fast. So I do need to get a better solution. Well, that's and this that's kind of the theme of it, right? Is that it's like you know we, we can talk about our 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 solutions, but you know pe- people should really keep in mind that you need to think hard about your situation, your capabilities, your child's abilities, you know, the level of understanding in the household, and and, and things like that. It's like it, it's really going to vary from 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 family to family. So what you're saying is there's nuance to the issue. Nuance, yeah. Wow. And, and, and it's like, you know, I, I used to just stick my gun fucking anywhere, you know? Um, but anywhere? now it's, it's just in a, yeah, anywhere. Now it's just in a, uh, um, my, my carry gun slash home defense guns are in a, uh, uh, electronically, uh, there's a safe with an electronic lock with a coded lock. Mm-hmm. Is that like, you know, there's a lot of the good options for those now. I just need to pick yeah. the right one. Did you guys see the one that goes in your back head re- in the headrest in your car? Oh uh, yeah, my wife just sent me that. <laughs> I did see. That I looked, saw that the other day. That looked crazy. I've gotten that sent to me like ten times, and just from like, don't who... you want to keep a gun right behind your head in your uh, car, dude? No, you so should keep I was it behind thinking... your passenger's head so you can reach over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's that what I was make, thinking. That makes far more sense. I just don't like that it's now pointed outside. Like I, I know, I know nothing's going to happen unless something pulls that trigger. But it's just something about it, like not having positive control over my firearm, bothers me. Especially like when you're when you're quote unquote keeping it ready to go. Yeah, you know that's if, well. You if, don't know what kind of damage a, a car accident can do. Uh, seats come apart sometimes. Oh yeah, that's a good point. And I got changing- into a motorcycle accident and and I had my gun on me and I had to tell the trooper. Thankfully, I was conscious though. Like that's the thing. I was going to the hospital in an ambulance and I had to tell the trooper like, "Hey, I have a gun on me," and uh, it was kind of awkward. And I I couldn't imagine getting into an uh, like a severe car accident not being able to say anything and then like. Your car gets towed, goes to the junkyard. Somebody fucking robs your car for parts, and then your gun's gone because I yeah. mean that's a that's a crazy situation. But I've got I've uh, got a friend who works does auto work at a dealership, and he says they find guns in cars all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he's sure. in the car to get something fixed, and there's just like a Taurus there or whatever. It's, it's oh, never. Dude, I lose a... my guns in my cars all the time. It's like French fries at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I have like six guns just lost under the car seat forever. Have you tried looking underneath the passenger seat? <laughs> no, you got to look under the mats, dude. That's where they get they get smushed under oh, the mat. Oh shit! Yeah, they get all like pushed into the carpet. Don't you hate it oh, when yeah. your your spare car gun gets like wedged beneath the the brake when you're trying to stop? Oh, I know. And, and <laughs> just, as they roll around, as they roll around on the floor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I really want to hit the brakes, but I don't want to shoot myself. Yeah, I guess I'm just oh, gonna my, hit the gas. The car guys down there. Freebird starts <laughs> blasting on your speakers. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I go out. Try to load up groceries in the trunk, and you, you're like, I sweep all the guns out of the way so you have room for the bags. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, like, it's honey, like uh... I told you to take my guns. <laughs> you ever get Why into like that one in the trunk? <laughs> you joke, that... That's actually that's definitely happened to me before. Before we had kids, <laughs> I would roll around because uh, I drive in from out of state, and I take a bunch of guns with me to like you know go to the shooting range, and then so sometimes my trunk would be like full of guns because I don't have a good place to like stake them. 
uh, and uh, you know, I, we'd like go out like and, and buy something, and we try to put it in the trunk. But there's no room because there's all these rifle cases in there. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I was, I, I was twenty something. Moved... You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't leave guns in your car, guys. Your gun's not a safe. I was young yeah. and I was stupid. When I um drove out here with one of the cars, I had a bunch of guns in the back, and like I asked my wife ahead of time, like anything you want me to bring the car, just lay it out the night before so I can get it all packed. And then, like, morning of, I'm leaving. We have, we have two cars, so I drove the first car out by myself. She she gave me all these things to put in the car. So I had it all packed how, how I wanted it. Then I had, like, oh, there's, like, baby bassinet on top of a pile of guns in the back of the car. Yep. And then my first <laughs> night, I, I stopped at my parents' house in uh, Kentucky, and I um, my dad all the stuff to send with me. He's like, oh, you should take this, you should take this. So then I had all this other junk on top of my pile of guns. And then uh, I went shooting with some people outside kansas city as like my next stop and i i used the at the took a break at the range just to rearrange the whole packing job of the car with all the new new entrance yep. so i could safely get back on the road god the thing that yeah god the things we do as uh, yeah. as gun people hey there everybody we hope you're enjoying the episode if you do like what we're about and want to support us our patreon is a fantastic way to do so it allows us to improve the podcast in many ways and helps fund our alcoholic coffee beverage stash to assist on those late night recording sessions. Now you may be thinking, this podcast has me absolutely smitten and I would love nothing more than to throw money at you, but what's in it for me? Well, I'm glad you asked. When you become a patron, you automatically get access to an exclusive collection of clips from the podcast not heard anywhere else. On top of that, we have a wide range of tiers available that will get you merch, discount codes, and even free gear delivered to you monthly. For any patrons currently listening to this, we are super thankful for your support and for keeping the dream alive that one day I will be able to meet Andrew and make sweet, sweet podcast magic with him in person. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash a better way to a in the episode notes for the podcast or on the link in our Instagram bio. All right, now that's all for that. Back to the show. So what do you, so what would you do? Like if you, you know, if you're, if had like god i keep saying the kids names um what would you do if your son had um like anti anti like like friends over with like anti-gun parents like how do you how would you handle that um well i mean i i don't know what context would come up but i think i'd probably deal with it with the same way i deal with most anti-gods it depends on what the what the question or the talk well let me rephrase that a little bit because i think that's that's an important thing to bring up there's there's I think it's Bloomberg or or one of yeah, the. Yeah, it's, it's like every town has the. It's it's yeah. It's it like says, a whole. Ask it's your an, kids. Ask your ask your friend. Yes. Your, your kids, friends, parents, if they have unloaded or unlocked guns in the house. And I and I do think that there is merit to something like I wish it wasn't phrased in a way like people with guns in the house are irresponsible, but uh, I do think that it's something that's important to talk about with your kids, friends, parents, um, as a gun owner. And regardless of politics or regardless of beliefs, because I I think it is uh, it's like if you had a go kart track in your backyard and the keys were left in the go karts, I'd be like, well, like what's stopping these kids from getting into the go karts right. and flying yeah, into no, the wall fair, at sixty it's miles It's a fair an hour. point. It's a fair thing to ask. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, and I, you I, know, and I will never I will never resent somebody being like, hey, do you have guns in your home? Uh, and, and no. are they secured? You know, it's like, uh, like, of course, you know, if your kid's coming to my house, you know, you want to know that I might want to know that 
Because mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I, I might not want my kid playing, you know, next to a, lo- like a loaded shotgun or something. Dude. And, and people you are deceiving. Like, <laughs> I might not. I mean, well, it depends not. on the context, right? Yeah. It depends <laughs> on the context. That's, that's exactly. what, kind of, what kind of game are we playing? Well, because people can be deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. You can look at somebody and think they have their shit together, and then you go to their house and they just have like, like a gun ever, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. But like, we, I remember uh, us going to a friend's house, and we were like, they were very put together on the outside, and then we went there, and the entire house smelled like dog piss. Oh no! And we were like, what the fuck is going on here? And realized that like, whenever the dog would piss on the ground, they would just wipe it up and like. They wouldn't clean the floor oh, afterwards. I hate that, dude. And, you, it and was your kids so probably—we <laughs> were probably like, crawling around on the floor. Well, they didn't have kids, and this was before piss. we had a kid. But like, that's oh, what I mean. Yeah. Like, they looked like they had their shit together before we went to their house, and then it was like, okay, clearly we're never coming here again. Yeah, but yeah. But so, that's, so like, in the context I, of guns, yes, yeah. You never know. It doesn't hurt to ask. And, I, and I'll say this for, for anybody, like it really does not hurt to ask about the situation with guns in, in our house. But then if it's like, you know, oh, oh, you know, well, I don't want my kid around guns. It's like, OK, well, then, you know, maybe they can play at your house then, you know, like, right. Like, yeah, I, I'm not going to be choice. like a dick about it. I don't want to be like, I don't want to talk to you anymore because you don't like my guns. Yeah. But. You don't you like know, my pog collection. You know, <laughs> but but definitely I'm I'm not gonna like um I'm not gonna like let an anti gun parent like turn it into an intellectual debate about guns because that's not the it's not appropriate it's not no, the time. Especially not in front of the kid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. If you want to get burned on firearm stats later, let me know. Yeah, yeah, DM me if you want to get yelled at. <laughs> Okay, so you you moved. Um, I would well, I would say from like Florida the, the, to Colorado. I did, yeah, I didn't want to say names. I didn't know if you were open about that, but um, Dude, neither of them are small states. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, like, small not like state I said. I moved to Rhode Island, in which case, there's literally there's like three houses there, so you're, you can narrow it down. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ocean's getting pretty advanced. I'm sure somebody could. Uh, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure people could find me. Uh, my exact location. Oh, I, just based I, I mean, my... I'm, I'm sure plenty of people can. And honestly, there's plenty of people who follow my gun page who follow my personal page now too, including like both of you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's only pictures of dogs and my son, so it's none of that stuff. It's not that interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's super interesting because your dogs and your son are awesome. But yeah, hell yeah, dude. I like them. Sons, there's two now, <laughs> and yeah. two dogs. A lot of boys in this house. But yeah, yeah, you got her outnumbered. You got your your poor wife. It's slowly going the opposite way at mine. We we have the daughter. We have a girl dog. We have a boy dog too. But him and I are the only ones. We're the the last. You're holding out to- testosterone in this house. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll um, get a girl next. We were actually we were kind of kind of hoping for a girl for this one because um we had a lot of good girl names picked out and we're like, well, we don't have any good boy names yet. And then obviously we came up with one. But um, you know, a a solid boy name. Yep, and the other one. So it's gonna good. say bleep is a oh, solid boy name. Ah, oh, dang it! And so he's <laughs> son, of a, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but you know, it's interesting because we originally were going to have this podcast before uh, my other son was born, and we we ended up having to reschedule. Um, and uh, what's I think one of the things I would have talked about this time, which you guys kind of talked about with other guests, like Nathan, for example, is like how difficult watching your wife deliver a child is 
oh yeah honestly i think my wife was kind of you know giving me shit occasionally for like not being like super excited for this one because i was like honestly like i was nervous about just seeing her go through it again like i was not looking forward to yeah watching that process a second time um but then it happened and i'm like let's go have a third kid it was so easy it was like (laughs) it was crazy for the second one yeah it was it was nuts like we, well, that, we got that, to like the we got to the hard part where you're like holding her hand, and she's sweating and screaming and stuff, and you're like, last time this took hours, and then it was like, like, literally like three minutes later, they're like handing her a baby, and I'm like, what ju- what what just happened? How was that well, so yeah. fast? Oh, it was yeah. it was it sounds not, like they're it was like they're... comically fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we um so so what's wild was my first son got sick. And come Sunday, we're like, all right, let's make a doctor's appointment for her. We made a doctor's appointment for Monday afternoon. At the doctor's appointment, they said um, he needs to go to the hospital. Like he was, he was going downhill from my wife right. driving to the doctor's appointment. So my son goes wow. to the hospital with RSV and then like bacterial pneumonia. And so I'm there with him with his, I met met his mom at the doctor's office. We both drove to the hospital together. You know, it was like, it was that kind of drive where I was like, looking at the backseat being like, Hey, talk to me, buddy. Like you, you okay back there? Cause he was like altered level of consciousness. Oh my God. I wow. hate that. Um, I hate that so much. That drives and me. Then the, the... Let, let's not even talk about when they suctioned him there. Cause that was like traumatic. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's, he finally, he, he gets admitted. He goes up to his room. Once he's in his room, his grandma comes. She's living with us right now for the most part helping out a lot so huge benefit for us there that's awesome and then then obviously my wife goes into labor um like like while we're standing in the horse but this is so but this is the children's hospital we his his pediatrician that we were at before their office is at the hospital like where the delivery is going to be and then we drove across town to the children's hospital with jack so i go home to go get all of our hospital bags and to help make a hospital bag for his his grandma um and obviously like the uh the bags were not in good shape take big takeaways <laughs> better 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 go bag situation in this family um, yeah. <laughs> but like but the, the other thing was the dog i was like well you know originally my mother-in-law was just gonna be at home with jack when the baby was was born um and take care of the dogs but i was like what do i do with them so like I go across the street to my next door neighbor who's already offered like, hey, they're going to help ask me. But she's having guests over. So there's tons of people in her house who are like oh trickling in. So like I can't like just knock on the front door because there's like people are just actively going into her house. Um, so I would go in and I like ask her out for her and I find her in the corner of the kitchen, surprise her because she's got all these people there, but she's not expecting me. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> so you um, just walked into her house? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, I did. Does. But then I go and I'm like, um... I'm sorry to bother you, but my son's in the hospital with RSV. She's like, oh, no. But Taylor's going to labor. Oh, yay. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I was like, my dogs are at home. Uh, I was like, can you just let them out and feed them for like the next day or two? I was like, I'll leave the back door unlocked and you just go through the, the side gate. And, and, and then I, you know, like I had her phone number. And she, I was like, I'll text you all the details later tonight. And she did. So she took care of the dogs for like the next day and fed them and whatnot. Uh, but it was, it was so ridiculous. Um, That's good. It worked out. But yeah, I spent the next few days driving just back and forth between the two hospitals. Um, well, my wife stayed full time with a new baby and my mother-in-law spent most of the time with the 
with our toddler occasionally going home in the shower and whatnot. Right, right. Um, but uh, I mean, it is what it is. But anyway, what I was going back to is our yeah, when, it, our, when it rains and pours, right? Our second son, he was born like within like six hours of us leaving my son's hospital room. Like it was wow. a very fast experience. And I hope I hope it goes that way, uh, you know, for us. Uh, I I've, I've been a little bit dreading it because you know our our, our first uh, birth was was very traumatic. Uh, I, I've talked about it a little bit on other episodes, but basically everything went downhill. We we wanted like a natural birth completely, but then things started going downhill one by one, and uh, everything was ruined, and we had to do an emergency C section. That's tough. Uh, and so now we're looking at a, a VBAC, uh, which if you don't know, What's it's that? Uh, vaginal birth after C-section, um, which can be, which can be difficult and dangerous. Um, oh, like, like this hospitals won't let, some hospitals won't let you do it, for example, yeah. or some. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to put together in my head how you would birth a baby after taking it out via C-section. You put it back in. Yeah, like just no. make sure everything's good. Everything's <laughs> like, all right, we're set it up. We're ready to go. Like, let's put the batteries yeah. in, pop it back in. The, the yeah. funny thing about this whole scenario with our second son is he like he totally read the room afterwards. Like everything's going crazy, and he's just like, I'm just gonna be a perfect angel baby. Yeah, and he's been there like the chill, whole time. Y'all, y'all he's it just out. like he's just a straight chiller. Like all he asks is like, don't let me be cold. Like my my wife's yeah, words, right. she got like the heated wipe container for this child because he just like. The, the the Florida the Florida child in Colorado walks around outside with his shoes off uh, in the winter, <laughs> but then our Colorado baby he's like you know better put me in a fleece onesie at all times and you better yeah. change my diaper really fast because I don't have time or for I'll this scream. shit. I don't have time for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, now he's he's just like he's so agreeable. It's it's wild. Um, just so calm. You gotta be careful because you're like, man, is that kid even alive? And you're like, is he breathing down there? Like, is he's oh, laying this little thing? Oh, man. And then you poke that him and he does a whole baby a... arm thing where he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were so many times, especially in the car seat, and we just yeah. weren't used to it. And the erratic breathing that they do when they're, yes. when they're newborns, we're just like, oh my God, is he dying? We Dude, went to the I hospital. Wish... We went to the hospital. We're like, there's something wrong with him. He's not breathing right. And the doctor was like, that's, I mean, fucking babies, right? <laughs> Holy shit. So we we had there I'm sure we all have had this like family members who say things meaning well but they just say it ends up just being a fucking terrible piece of advice. Oh, yeah. Like uh I forget who it was but when we were putting our when we were putting our daughter in her car seat it was like probably the first definitely the first month. Um sorry my phone's on apparently. Um somebody told us like oh just be careful like if they're head goes forward they can suffocate and die and i was like oh cool like i wasn't spiraling at this moment but now i am and uh cool like i she doesn't talk she can't check in and let me know everything's okay in the back of the car so i'll just make sure that my eyes are on her constantly instead of the road to make sure she's still breathing (laughs) but like that that's those one of those things where it's just like this is such a delicate little thing that you're transporting I wasn't concerned yeah, about we, my driving. We had a at all. similar one like that. So, like my sister-in-law, who's the PA, she was like, "Yeah, you know, they're pretty resilient. They bounce. You know, don't worry too much." She's like, "Except for foot injuries, be really careful if they damage their their toes." And then, like, what? he was like, he was like in the lot, and maybe it wasn't her, maybe it was someone else. So, don't if she listens to this, don't get mad at me if I got this wrong. But like, I remember he was <laughs> in the laundry room and he was like holding the door shut. And we were trying to like get in to get to him. 
Um, and like one of his toes got like stuck under the door, and then he was crying. Oh, no. was like, oh my god, it's it's the toes. It's the, the, toes, the, the, toes, the toes are ruined. <laughs> we're, oh, not, ruined but we're like we're yeah. like no, the toes. All of a sudden, he oh, starts molting. This is why. The, wor- oh, uh, the, right. the worst one that happened with our first son was I was getting him ready for a bath and I had the water running and he's in the bathroom and he closes the bathroom door, which he thought was really funny and starts no. laughing, but he opened a drawer on the other oh. side. Oh, so so the door was the door. stuck with the, cl- with the door unable no. to open and the water's running and he's still pretty young at this time. And, um, and I, suddenly I can't hear him and I'm like, I'm heading to the garage to get the sawzall. Like, yeah, I was like this is yeah. this is like, this is literally the, my, my option here. Like, I'm gonna, yeah. and then then cut he the like he closed the, the drawer and he opens the door and he's laughing and his mom's like, all right, you don't have to get the sawzall now. Yeah. Um, oh my Jesus god. Christ. I started sweating just thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my god. Like it started playing like a movie in my head. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. It was. It was, I was terrifying. So, but I literally, I was podcast. like, I was gonna saw that door open. I was just gonna like, I guess I was just gonna go in and try to cut around. Yeah, you, you could just you could just cut the. Um, uh, so I don't know so what cut open pattern the I would have done. The, yeah. I, anything. I literally yeah. would have just. You know what? You could always. I was just going to start cutting. Corner. Honestly, I was going to start yeah. cutting, and yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then, but then you got to worry about too. Is like, what if he sticks his hands around? I was going to. I think I was going to. Oh, stop talking about it! Right? Oh. There's no good option. Here. No, I don't like, fucking like that. Yeah, that was the worst. That was probably one of the scariest times. My honestly, whole body well, honestly, just honestly driving to the there. hospital when he was kind of like fading and not being very reactive was probably scarier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah. Man, it's just yeah. fatherhood's just full of shit like that. Just it's like fun, coming though. to terms with like, <laughs> with like, you know that uh, you, they are resilient, but they are also fragile. There are things you can control. There are things you can't control. They will hurt themselves. They will get sick. You know, and it's, it's hard. It sucks. It sucks to watch him suffer and it sucks to be like afraid that it's like, you know, something irreparable is going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, I've noticed that like with myself, I think because of my, my experience as an EMT, which is like the bare minimum of medical knowledge. I was an EMT. I can also vouch. It was very little. But as far as the life-saving stuff goes, it's it's pretty it's pretty good basic for knowing whether or not a baby is in distress, and like you you know whether they're breathing properly, whether they're oxygenating, whether they're like choking, like if they're sick, what to look for to determine whether they're dehydrated or whatnot, you know, like tenting and and uh, if they're accessory breathing, things like that. Yes, I was um, gonna say for parents watching this. Learn what accessory breathing is. It's a very good yeah, y'all, style. Y'all taught me for. about that, and that's very helpful. Yeah, so when when she had uh, RSV, I, it's so hard not to say her name, but um, when she had RSV, it was like a, um, if my wife listens to this, and I think she will because this will probably be the only one that she's interested in, um, it, it was a learning experience, I would say, for her uh, because she's not an EMT. Like, she doesn't see this stuff all the time. So her first reaction, and I'm glad that I had the wherewithal and like the experience to walk her through these things, because I think if I didn't, I would be right next to her freaking out also. Um, and she was like, it was totally, I don't blame her at all. Um, she bought a pulse oximeter, which is like the worst fucking thing you can buy for a, a newborn or like a, a small child. 
because they don't work. They're not accurate, like under mm-hmm. two years old and roughly the size of a two year old finger. I don't know. Yeah. Um, a temporal thermometer, uh, we call a random number generator at work. Like they're so inaccurate <laughs> and they're so, yeah. Like when we, they gave them to us for COVID and they were like, make sure you, you know, you, you laze somebody's head with one of these to make sure they don't have a fever. And it would give us like, it would tell us like 78 degrees or like 109 God. or like just things that were just impossible. This person's alive. They're clearly not this temperature. So we just started yeah, calling them random number generators. That's why, uh, a, that's probably why a lot of the ones I've seen don't even read out numbers at all. They're just green or red. <laughs> yeah. They're probably programmed to never give you a red light. I do remember <laughs> one just, time I had a, I had a patient with like a 200 plus, uh, systolic blood pressure. And I'm like, that can't oh be God, right. Yeah. Do it again. And then it was yeah, definitely. And they're like, my head hurts. And I'm like, yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure it does. Stroke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking caps about to blow, dude. <laughs> but that was like a big thing for us. Like when we, when she got sick and I, and I was able to tell her, you know, there was, there were a couple of times where she was like, we should take her to the hospital. And I was in my head. I was like, I know. And I said this to her. I was like, I know she's fine based on the things that she's showing, but if it will make you feel better to go to the hospital, we will take her to the hospital. And she was like, well, I mean, I don't want to waste time. Like, I'm like, no, 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 it's not a waste if you feel better because I want you to feel confident that she's going to be okay. And like things like the accessory breathing, she thought mm-hmm. uh, our baby was accessory breathing, but then I showed her videos of what accessory breathing was and she was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. not so much. Like if you can count your baby's ribs when they're breathing and they're breathing uh, like with the sides of their stomach, uh, like babies belly breathe. Belly breathing is not accessory breathing. When they breathe, their bellies go out. Um, but like you shouldn't be able to count your baby's ribs when they're sucking in because the accessory muscles of their chest are you are helping them breathe. And that's uh, or like the um, the little notch above their sternum and like in their throat. If that's sucking in, that's that's void space there. If that's sucking in when they breathe, they're probably not getting enough air. Uh, things like that, but our baby wasn't doing any of that, so it was nice to be like, "Look at like this is bad. This is good. Good is what she's doing." And uh, I remember like specifically with the thermometer, she was like, it, it, "It's saying that she has a ninety nine degree fever," and I was like, "But she probably doesn't because those things are terribly inaccurate. Like if you really want to get your baby's temperature, you're gonna have to do a rectal thermometer. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say it." Um, and I was like, "It's not accurate. Stop doing it. You're going to worry yourself." And she's like, okay, fine. And I walk out of the room and all here is beep, 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 yeah, beep. Yeah, yeah. Beep, beep. Like, she's still lazing the baby. And I was like, oh, honey. Um, but like, it's, I think it's perfectly normal to feel that way when your baby gets sick for the first time because you have no idea. You know what happens when an adult gets sick because they can tell oh, I you. Know. You don't know how baby feels. Yeah. Well, we, and we, we our, started, our... we started to notice the patterns. Like, if our son yeah. stops eating a lot, he's about to get sick bad. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's, it, it's the tell. Um, we just should go back to the EMS stories. Did, did I ever tell you guys I got proposed to in the back of an ambulance? No. Oh my god! By your by wife or with, by some rando? Yeah, by a rando with no with who's missing a leg. Um, oh god. <laughs> uh, months later, I was the driver on a call, and we went to this nursing home, and the protocol was the driver stay with the ambulance, and and I I hear this voice in the back of the ambulance, and I I call they to ask the the EMT, ask like, does this patient have one leg? And she's like, Yep. How did you know? Like, remember me. I'm not tits. helping you unload at the hospital. That's on you. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
God. Yeah, I uh, I only did a short stint on the back of an ambulance. That was before I was a firefighter. We don't transport at my fire department, thankfully. So I'm, oh, I don't nice. have to spend. The only time I'm in the back of an ambulance is if the person's having a really bad time and they need an extra set of hands. But I've only been in the a... back of an ambulance once uh, when I got in a car accident. There you go. Did you have a good experience? Were your EMTs and or medics helpful and courteous? They they were very helpful, but because of the severity of the accident, I was strapped to a board. You know, to to like yeah. Uh, this was in your charger. Yeah, it was my charger, and uh, I had to piss really bad, like immediately, and then they put me on IV fluids for whatever reason. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking piss myself. I feel sick. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> Insult to injury. Yep, it wasn't great. It sucks. We've had people do that before. We're like, we can't do anything about it because, like, we physically can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can't go to the bathroom here. And, like, <laughs> So we... I got to the... Uh, I... When I got to the hospital, a nurse came and like held a urinal up against my uh, up against my dick so I could pee. <laughs> and he, he was like, "Stop! It's o- it's overflowing! It's overflowing! Stop peeing!" <laughs> 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 uh, He's like, "But it feels so good." <laughs> I'm like, I "No, to I go. gotta pee." <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine if you funny. got all that piss all over you. It's probably good that they caught some of it in yeah. the urinal. Yeah, really though. I was fine, by the way. I, I didn't have any injuries. We, I assumed you're here. You don't <laughs> P-related trauma. Yeah, no, no P-related trauma. <laughs> um, so, Clay, do you feel like back to, I want to talk about your page a little bit um, because I feel like that's, that's how people know you. <laughs> oh, you Firing device one. electrical M57. Um, nailed it. Fucking do nailed it. Fe- yeah, I'm never going to forget it again. Um, I always remember it. I just mix up the words. Or I'd, I don't remember if the letter-number combo is first or last. That's that's what happens um, sometimes. So I wrote it exactly as RID. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Firing device, electrical, M57. It is a firing device. It is electrical. Its designation is M57. Is there a fire, firing device non-electrical? Like um, yeah, like fire. I think that like the M40s are non-electrical, but they use a different type of... Uh, you don't use electric plastic cap wire, obviously. That, and you don't use electric sense. blasting caps. I'm, I'm not a EOD guy. I just occasionally Fair. blow things up. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I inherited a ton of TNT from the Canadians in my outpost in Afghanistan and, and some time just, to use, though. So. Literal TMT? Yeah, quarter quarter pound blocks. That's so crazy. We used to blow up a few trees wow. one time. That's awesome. I feel like that's a way more fun way to get rid of trees than cutting them down. Yeah. I mean, l- less time consuming, too. We yeah, probably just more wire them all but... up, daisy chain, some debt cord. I just ran. I didn't have blasting caps, so I just ran debt cord, pulled it over ends into the TNT, I believe, and taped it all oh, up yeah, nice man. and pretty and strapped it to the trees. Yeah, and... You got to make it look good before you blow it up. It looked yeah. great. Ask me. I got some pictures. I can send them, send them to you. Oh, hell oh yeah. please do. So are you ever worried about, like, we talked a little bit about OPSEC earlier. Uh, we didn't use that word, but we were talking about, you know, like people kind of tracking us down. Mm-hmm. Are you ever worried about keeping your personal life and your uh, sort of online identity separate? Um, or <sighs> how much that bleeds over? Maybe I should worry more. Um, at my old old job, there were some people who knew about my page. Like one of my friends at work even had like a poppy sticker on his work laptop. Um but most people That's didn't cool. know. Yeah, uh, a little respect from from the office. 
Yeah, I um, I did get a PO box, so now when I ship orders, it's not my home address. Yeah, that's a big one. I feel like that's like the bare minimum there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I got a PO box. We just uh, had to uh, delete the um, uh, the the live we did. We did an Instagram live, but uh, Jordan said his wife's name a bunch of times, and uh, was like, "No, I got to delete it. I got to get rid of it." Yeah, and it sucks because it was a good one, but we'll do we'll do more. I don't know. I, uh, I mean, there's messed yeah. up people in the world. It's been a That's lot of time thing, worrying about it. Especially when you're, yeah, and especially with the guns, like there are people who. It's not even just the guns we have to worry about now. It's like right wing fucking assholes that yeah, are, seriously that, that are like, I would say crazier than anti gun liberals. You know yeah, for sure. I don't I don't really worry about Karen down the street, who's got a mom's demand sticker or like a Newtown Promise sticker on their car, coming to my house and and like doing some fucked up shit. But these guys who have it in their head that uh, like trans people are groomers and by association because we support trans people that we are and that like the, the people like that are unstable and that's like, one that of the things that really me. grinds my gears a lot is the whole thing it's like so in the gun community there are plenty of people who say we're all criminals because a handful of gun owners are criminals right right like yeah. that, that's the, that's the standard we're like someone shoots up a school you guys should all give up guns because you're all murderers waiting to blood is on your hands and and then there's like the, the whole trans thing when you're like i i'm sure there are trans pedophiles right law sure. of large numbers just there by, are right? sure. like, but, 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 like but, but someone just says oh trans pedophile exists therefore all trans people are pedophiles so we should just kill them and it's like do you not see like that this is like the same logic that people are using against them are being used yeah. against us as well have you not watched to catch a predator <laughs> yeah like um, the majority I, of like, these... i i, yeah. I kind of hate that because like yeah, I, I, I really hate just the ideological inconsistency where it's like we can right. like, oh, so so you can blanket people's um, culpability, but we can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, how about nobody does? How about we just go with innocent until yeah. proven guilty? Yeah. How about well, we just try to be intellectually consistent? What was that, Andrew? I said, how about we just try freedom, guys? Let's just try it Yeah, out. exactly. That's, yeah. that's like my whole thing. There's so much ideological inconsistency today, and it really, it really gets to me. I've got very complex politics, I guess, overall. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah. 90% of it is that, you know, freedom is very important. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. But, but if, if that's your stance, if you're you consistent about that, the, if you compare it to the modern political framework, it makes you it makes you appear to have complex politics, even though it's very straightforward. Right. Like, let's just not hurt people and or take things from other people and let's let people do things what the, that they want to do as long as it doesn't harm other people. But <laughs> get if, a load if of the extremists. But if you apply if you apply <laughs> that to if you if you apply that to everything, whether it be like, I don't know, guns. Let's say you apply it to guns and you apply it to drugs. Well, now you're a hippie liberal on this side and you're a you know right wing radical on this side. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, seriously. I and and I'm sure you know. Uh, but you know, it's like you you get called every name in the book. Uh, at some point, you know, it's like oh, I you know, I'm a commie. I'm a fascist. I'm a hippie. I'm a fud. You know, it's like just everything. God help me. I just want people to be able to say what they want, be who they want, and have guns. <laughs> That's yeah, it. have guns. Have marijuana if you want it. 
I've still never oh, tried yeah. it. Um, but oh man, <laughs> I live in Colorado now, so maybe that'll change. Have I. Um, <laughs> I tried. I, mean, I, no, I did. I, well, I did. I did. Um, I did my. I was an EMT in high school, so I was getting drug tested in high school. Uh, I, yeah, I had my EMT yeah. cert at sixteen, and then I was a firefighter at eighteen. Um, Why would you do that they, to yourself and just ruin your you outlook on clear, life? So young? I don't know. I don't. Th- I mean, I, I think I turned out okay. You did. <laughs> yeah. You did. I always make that joke to like my friends' kids. Oh God, my friend friends have sixteen year old kids now. It's fucking depressing. But um, like my friends' oh, you're kids were like, old "Dad, I'm I'm gonna be a cool whatever. I don't care." <laughs> um, my friends are like, "Yeah, my uh my my daughter wants to be an EMT. She just turned 16. I'm like, why would you let her ruin her outlook on life so young? Like, why don't yeah. don't let her get jaded to to fucking people so young? Let her go to so, college so- first and think the world is good." Jordan is in the state I grew up in, which is one of the only states that allows you to be an EMT at 16. Um, <laughs> really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Way to, way to go. I don't know if I can say that. that. doesn't really narrow it down. There's still 50 of people, them. People know I live in, in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. The RPO box is in Connecticut. Yeah. So. Okay. That makes sense. Well, that's pretty cool of Connecticut to do that. That's pretty nice. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just joking about that. Like, if you want to be an EMT, be an EMT. It's just, it's, it's, it's. There's, but it will hurt you. It, it will, will hurt it will, it will change you. I will say it will definitely. Uh, you know, there's if you follow like EMT meme pages or like firefighter meme pages, it's all about <laughs> like living off of tobacco products and Monster and like, uh, like oh, like you have childhood trauma. Same. That's why we're here. Like that's like that's <laughs> pretty much pretty much the the line. But, um. What about so uh, what about Lark? Our, my, uh, my town had a all volunteer, oh, no. basically child run EMS organization. I think you so. told us this. Yeah, like it was. Uh, there like were high, all high school kids, or I, well, I mean, like there were adults there too, and adults basically okay. went on every call. But they'd go and like they'd go in like the jeep or something like that. The ambulance was all high school kids, and then they wow. might ride along if needed, or you'd call a medic from one of the neighboring two towns if you needed a medic. Um, but it was pretty cool. I was, I mean, I, when I was a senior in high school, I was in charge of teaching people to drive the ambulance. Wow. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, you seem, that's, it's, I, I imagine high school kids being EMTs, and I think of like, that's definitely the age where I feel like if you were a high school EMT, you would go to school wearing your EMT shirt to show everybody. I don't think, but, no, I think a lot of people kind of brushed it because if you were, if you were on duty during the school day, so it used to be there were like the really lax uniform code when I started yeah. there and you could, it, you just had to have like the EMT shirt on. We went, we standard while I was there, we standardized that we had to wear like Navy pants while you were on duty too. Um, huh. And there were a lot of girls who like, well, they had to go to high school when they're on duty and they're like, I'm stuck wearing Navy pants today. Cause I'm on duty. <laughs> and then, you know, you run to the ambulance, you throw on your shirt, but um, some people, some people griped about that. <laughs> no yeah, no one went out of their way to wear their EMT shirt in class, that's, but you had a, but you had a radio on your belt or a pager so you could get the call. In school and you were allowed to leave? Yeah. Interesting. So during the school week, there were adults who were first response. So like there'd be, we had three ambulances. So the first one on, on call and the next one and the next one. And only whoever was like next on call had to be at headquarters essentially. Um, but we'd park the ambulance at school if you were on duty. And then the day... Most of them were women, so they were colloquially called as the day ladies would respond to the first call. And if there, there was a day second ladies. call day while, they were, while they were out on a call, then you would respond from high school. Interesting. 
Well, that's kind of neat. Do you um do you have like uh so like you being big? It, it just reminded me of this. Like you being big into guns, obviously, and, and being in the military previously. Um, people always ask me like, do you want do you want your daughter to be a firefighter? And I'm like, I don't care. Like I would that'd be neat, sure, but I want her to be whatever she wants to be. Do you like do you have the desire for your son to be into guns or to join the military or anything like that? Those are two very different questions. Yes, yes. I, I would, yeah. <laughs> I, would ho- I would hope that he has some interest in guns and develops a proficiency there. Like, man, I wish I learned about competitive shooting when I was like in high school. And oh, same. Do that, right? Yeah. I wish I I wish I got had an interest in powerlifting when I was in high school instead of like I didn't get interested in powerlifting until yeah. I was out of the army. Um, but joining the military is a very different question. The way I always answer that is if he tells me he wants to join the military, I will tell him absolutely every reason why it is a terrible idea. And if he still decides that he wants to do it, then I will support him 100%. That's a great way to That's a good way. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't, you know, everybody's like, oh, I made made mistakes so you don't have to. Well, it doesn't really work like that. Sometimes kids have to It's your own life. You've got to make your decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I I remember... I remember when I went to West Point, I had a, this this chemistry teacher, very bright, but you know he grew up during a certain age, right? And he was like, he's like, you're so smart. Why would you throw your life away? <laughs> I was like, it's a good college. <laughs> yeah, clearly you've overestimated me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good way to be, and I think that's something that uh, I think it's important to draw a line there and, and have boundaries like that. But then at the end of the day, make sure that you know, make sure your kid knows that you support them regardless, because that, I think that's the biggest thing that really fucks kids up. It's not you showing opposition to things that they're into. It's you not supporting them when, when they still decide to do it. Well, let's, let's play it forward on the alternative. If I over encourage him to join the military and then he joins the military to not disappoint his father. And it's not something he actually wanted to do. What is a way worse outcome? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think it, agree, it's I certainly a decision is. point where you have to be very committed for it to be worthwhile. There are a ton of, you know, depressed people in the military out there who joined it because, you know, they were trying to maybe please somebody else or, yeah, you know. I joined it for the wrong reasons. I'll 100% agree with that. You know, I could not fucking wait to get out. Why'd you join the military? Uh, I joined the military to get away from, like, the decisions that I was making at that age. Really, like I, I wasn't going to college. I knew I wasn't going to college. I, well, I guess that changed with time because I wanted to join the military for a while. My uncle was a corpsman in Vietnam, and uh, you know I romanticized it a lot growing up. And um, but when it time came time to join, a lot had gone on like in my life, um, and I wasn't making good decisions. And I was like, okay, I need to join the military. Um, and I ended up joining and like it it really did straighten me out um which which i don't regret at all it was like to me i i call it the best worst experience in my life um do i recommend it i recommend it like if like if somebody's on lithium you know it's like a last resort prescribed medication for somebody i think if i didn't join the military I would have fucked up like at some point or another, I would have fucked up and I would have ruined uh, like my chances of having like a semi-normal life. Um, but like the damage it does still trying to compare this to lithium, like the damage it does to you while you're on it 
is is significant like my yeah life. right <laughs> it takes it, it can get you where you need to go but it, it it extracts a price yeah and it wasn't was, that bad but it was just i i really i didn't have a good time i was um, pretty idealistic as a kid as you can tell being a you know emt and firefighter in high school um you know i was i was sitting standing by our ambulances less than an hour from new york city on the afternoon of 9-11 just in case they needed to expand the mutual aid window even larger how old um, are you, if you don't mind me asking? 35. So I was in high school for 9-11. Were you? I w- yep. Really? I was, I, was a yeah, fresh, we were... I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, um, I was, so uh... I, was not, I was not an EMT yet, but I was certified okay. to ride on the ambulances as right, like right. a rider who, just, you know, you just like hand stuff to the EMTs and stuff like that. You're the... Yeah, yeah. You clean up the stretcher afterwards and things. Wow. Um, I was uh, in so, junior high. So, I was in the fifth grade. You were in what? The fifth grade. Yeah, I was in sixth grade. Okay. Um, yeah, so like, you know, I was idealistic and then I decided, you know, it was probably from watching Black Hawk Down too much the next summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, I guess I have to join the army. Um, and Thanks, really, but my, my logic was if, if I didn't do it, it wasn't like, if not me, then who? I knew if I didn't join the army, someone else would. Um, and I was going to go get a commission to be an officer. But my thought process was, I think I'm better than that next guy who would do it if I don't. Oh, yeah. And therefore, I'll I am obligated job. to do this so that the soldiers I lead will have a slightly better leader than they otherwise would. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know if that's true, but that was my thought process at the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a noble, it's a... Uh... It's a good motivation. It's not like, you know, you you think you're going to get arrested or something, and that's why you joined. And I think that has a lot to do with probably you enjoying it. You joined for the right reasons, and people probably also saw that in you and respected you as a result of that. I I sure you said something really nice, but you cut out for the whole beginning of that, and I didn't hear it. <laughs> damn it! God damn I, it! I <laughs> I just said because you joined for the right reasons, it probably showed, and people probably respected you as a result of that. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll tell you what, nobody in the military ever thought I was from Connecticut. People would always ask me where I was from, and I'd always turn to a game, be like, "Where do you think I'm from?" And people would always say like Wyoming or Montana, and be like, "No, I grew up in Connecticut." <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Um. All right, I don't want to cut it off uh, mid conversation here, but I, I gotta I gotta scoot so my take over f- for my wife so she can go run an errand. Go do baby stuff. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, this was awesome, Clay. Uh, before you go, um, we have to ask you because we ask everybody if you had a piece of advice to give. It could be gun related. It, excuse me. It could be fatherhood related. Uh, anything really. Uh, what would that piece of advice be? Just something that uh, yeah. everyone's sleeping on. Yeah, carry four frag grenades. Because if you only have one, <laughs> and if you only have one, you have to use it. You're going to feel really naked afterwards. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, that that that's that's a real story. I did carry. I did used. To, I carried one frag grenade until I used it, and then after that, I carried four frag grenades for the rest of my yeah, time. Yeah, you never want to run out of frag um, grenades. But no, no. Real, real advice. Real advice is, um, you know. We all have these fun gun pages on Instagram, or a lot of us do, but I encourage you to share your life and not just your guns. I, you know, 
regularly try to sprinkle in a story from time to time of, I don't know, some food I'm eating or something my dogs are doing or whatever. Um, you know, my page is a gun page and people enjoy it as a gun page, but I appreciate um, being able to connect with people on other things. And honestly, there's a lot of people I've met in real life through this page that, you know, I didn't, I, I wouldn't have maybe been as willing to if I hadn't gotten to know them more outside of the gun world. Because honestly, like, gun guys yeah. are weird. If you meet a guy at the bar yeah. and he's yes. a gun guy, <laughs> yes. you're like, I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that way about gun guys and libertarians, even though I'm a gun guy and a libertarian. Uh, I, I feel very strongly <laughs> that it's like, if that's the first thing I know about you, like, I don't think we're going to be yeah. friends. <laughs> Probably not. If that's your identity, then then it might be a little weird. That's cool, my man. How's that? That's I like it. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's why I know you guys. That's why we're doing this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Triple D. Right. Yeah. Three Ds. Triple threat. <laughs> D, 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 D. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> why are you like this? Why are you? Oh like... God! I hate myself. Anyway. <laughs> well, Clay, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, this was a blast, and. Uh, We'll uh, we'll have to do something again sometime, and we'll we'll I don't know maybe we'll do a uh, like a circle back in like a year or something, and we'll talk about our kids again. Oh and, yeah, and the shit they're doing. Sounds good. Is uh, is is your kid rubbing his shit on stuff yet, or not yet? He's not oh, at that God. age. <laughs> no, I don't think that hasn't really happened. Oh, that's um, good. Apparently, it's an not. age. It's is not it? a stage. It's uh, if your kid is rubbing shit on things, it's a cry for help. Uh, it's a sign what? that they're they're not secure. Yeah, anybody that tells you that that's a stage that happens is uh, is misinformed. That's it, rubbing shit on things is not. Why normal. did I bring this up at the end of the podcast? <laughs> Just what the keep fuck? That in mind. Keep that in mind. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go look this up now for the next two yeah. hours. <laughs> I mean, my Sometimes, kid is not rubbing but- shit on anything, but. Sometimes it's triggered by the shape of their father's mustache. That's <laughs> that's true. I think I think I read we all that. have mustaches. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Clay, on that Just note, keep it tight, keep it trimmed. You should be fine. Yeah, learn to swim. Oh God, I can't believe it. <laughs> we didn't talk about that at all. No, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> just you know, just a friendly reminder for whoever might need that advice out here. She's yeah, almost six months. That... We're going to en- enroll her in swim lessons. Cool. It's you guys the same, same skill level? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got <him>. I... <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually going to be in the class with her. Um... <laughs> All right, Dad. Now we're going to tread water while the baby floats. Uh, we're going to what? Oh, he left. He just, he just Irish goodbye. <laughs> He's left. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, right, good night, everyone. Nice.